The Women in Media podcast is proudly sponsored by Organic Traditions for spring 2024. Stay tuned for a special deal during this episode. I'm Sarah Burke, and this is the Women in Media podcast. Welcome to part two with Jen Valentine. Here's where we left off. I listened to those guys in the morning. So I said to my husband, you know, wow, it's too bad that they're not looking for somebody. And my husband just Googled it. And he phoned me when I was in Vancouver. He goes, you're not going to believe this. He goes, but they're looking for a host, a co-host on the show. I go, this is meant to be. And I emailed immediately. I said, you need to hire me right away. Like I am. They were looking for a Seinfeld character. I said, I am your Elaine. How are you feeling? I'm feeling okay. Yeah. So there were many interesting comments over the last few weeks. So we decided before we go back to the conversation and pick up where we left off, uh, we just wanted to kind of talk about some of the themes that were emerging and some of the good and some of the bad. And before we even get into it, I just want to say you doing this podcast is you reliving a lot of I'm just going to I'm just going to name it. It's traumatic and Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what your last two weeks have been like. So thank you again for being up for this. So first of all, regarding the comments, is there um, a comment that stood out as like a beautiful piece of support for you? Oh my gosh, there's been way too many to just choose one. Um, It's been incredible. And the people who have reached out with their own stories, it's still shocking. It's still shocking for me to hear other people's stories and to know that I am not alone. We are not alone. It was something else just to hear so many other women speak out and to talk about their past and their present. And then there's the other side of things and a few comments really stood out. What do you say to those people who are looking at you like you're looking for a money grab right now? Like you're not making oh, any money off of this. Where am I getting the money? <laughs> what money? <laughs> what money? You know, I think we sort of covered that in the first episode, why you decided that it's not just your story, that it's our story. And that's exactly why you've done this podcast. I just think that your story stays with you for the rest of your life. For all of us, we all have a story. And our story could change somebody else's life. So it's not like, oh, that happened to me. Let's move on. It stays with you for the rest of your life. And you can just hold it inside and suffer or you can let it out. And then when you hear other people's stories, then you connect with people and you know that you're not alone. And that is part of the healing process. There were some comments being like, you should know what you were signing up for when you got into this business, right? When you work in radio and TV, I think one of the things you learn early on is you're going to have to have thick skin, right? And there are going to be, you know, for every 10 people that love you, two people that are going to troll you and hate you. Fine. (laughs) I think we've both received some of those things over the years. My mother always said, like many other mothers, you can please some of the people some of the time, but you can't (laughs) please all of the people all of the time. And I have been in this business for a very long time. And, uh, and I'm a people placer, so it's hard, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but, I, but I've lived with it. So I right. know that I can't please everyone. And you just, you're not everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> so this is why I'm bringing up Jane, because Jane wrote, mm-hmm. regardless of if I liked you on the show, okay? And I think she was talking about radio and Q107 at this point. She said, Jennifer Valentine did not deserve to be abused this way. See, there you go. And that's okay if she doesn't like me. And I don't hold that against anyone. Right? Like you have a favorite radio show you listen to for most of your life, just like I did. And they might be very different from the person who lives next door. Yeah. And it was difficult for me when I first started. People were really skeptical and said, is she really rock and roll? 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually am. I went to concerts weekly. Forever. I love music. So it was a hard sell. I think I won a lot of people over. Um, and then some people I didn't. So I'm okay with those comments. Okay. And now we're going to move to the darker side. Okay. So oh, no. <laughs> this is what happens when you go woke, having a woman doing a man's job. Mm. So that was a man. That was a man named Jake. Then you've got a, a woman, a woman named Rose. She said, you deserve it. Didn't like you much on the show anyway. You deserve it. How can another woman, I'm trying to understand this, how mm-hmm. can another woman, the clips that we shared were, I mean, at the end of the day, the intention is female empowerment and being feminist, right? Absolutely. It's all about equality. It's all about supporting each other. I still support Rose. <laughs> and how are we going to get ahead? How can we change things in this world if we don't support each other? If we're tearing each other down, the men are just laughing, you know, go They're ahead. Like, you t- yeah. We're going to be the executives and make all the money. <laughs> we need to support each other. But to Rose, and I'm glad you brought her up because <laughs> we tend to focus on negative comments instead of the positive comments. And that's just a natural thing to do. So you might get 200 amazing comments and then one person says... I think you deserved it or, you know, never liked you. And then all of a sudden we look at their profile. We want to know who this person is. Do they have children? How could they say that? And and I did look at Rose and I went, beautiful. Love your lipstick. (laughs) Rose, I wish you liked me. (laughs) And it's okay that she doesn't, but nobody deserves this. So, you know, that's what you got to say. You just went one step too far. Rose, we're sending you love, even though it was hard to read your comment. But I do want to know the shade of lipstick she had on because it's, it's lovely. Hit us back. Hit us back, Rose, if you're in the DMs. But you know, the theme that emerges there, like you just said, you know, you clicked on her profile. What happens when women receive negative comments online? And sometimes we're not just talking about things about our appearance and, you know, how many pounds we may have gained over such amount of time or mm-hmm. a terrible hair or lipstick situation. Sometimes it's like discriminatory. And let's bring up intersectionality here and the women from marginalized communities who have gone through much worse. I'm not saying your story doesn't matter. It absolutely does. Yes. There's a million other stories out there. You're absolutely right. I looked at my story and I thought, is this a story worth telling when there's so many other things going on in the world and so many people have stories that are unbelievable. They can't even be compared. They're different than ours. You know, we're fighting for women and equality across the board. I mean, look at other countries. And, and we did get a comment about that too, actually, right? There was someone who commented being like, oh, you you ladies have no idea, right? And I felt that too. And I thought about that for sure. Even considering women who don't have the privileges that we do as white women here in Canada with it pretty good, right? Listen, I think about that every day. And I thought about that when I came out with my story. In other parts of the world, there are girls that don't even have the right to go to school. They can't even get an education, you know? And and this is the thing. This was really hard to come out with my story when I think about the things that other women are going through. And so what I'm going to bring it back to now is, let's say you are someone who has logged onto a social media platform and left a comment before. I would just love if people could stop and pause before they start becoming a keyboard warrior, even if you're someone who doesn't have a picture on your profile, even if you think you're anonymous, you know that you're directing whatever you're going to say at a human being. I got a comment that really kind of changed the way I thought about this. 
years ago, I had somebody comment when I had lost my job back in 2016. And a lot of people were giving me support online. And he came out with big deal, you lost your job, you know, do you know what other people are going through? And he left some nasty comments towards me. And I gave him kindness. I gave him love and kindness, which I do try to do, you know, if somebody leaves a comment like that, or I try to joke around with people to lighten up the mood. Sometimes I win people over. That's, it feels really good. And he came back with, sorry, my wife has terminal cancer and I'm having a really bad time right now. And I took it out on you. And I sent him and his wife, his family, love. And it just, it makes me look at these comments completely different. So when somebody leaves a comment, I wonder what they're going through. What is, what is their life like? And I do send them love. I really do. It sounds so corny. Like I said, we all have a story. We're all hurting about something. Nobody's life is perfect. And when you look at it that way, it's easier to take. Mm-hmm. It really is. So. What goes through your mind here with a comment like this? How do you feel knowing you ruined three men's abilities to provide for their families? That killed me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think happened to Jen Valentine? Yes. It's not that that's not hard for those people, but while we're on the topic of kindness. I don't, should you even address this? You know, this is, go back to Mary Tyler Moore. There's a very interesting scene where she is talking to Lou Grant (laughs) and the man that had her job before her got paid more money. She went into Mr. Grant's office and she said, you know, I want to be paid the same as a man. Well, this is in the seventies. We are still doing this. And he explains to her that he has a family, that he has a family to provide for right so so I can't even believe like do we even have to address this in this day and age I have a family too and even if you don't you are doing the same work equal pay for equal work we are fighting for equality and it's going to take a long time but we're not going to stop fighting until it happens and I hope I see it in my lifetime they say 200 300 years right now Let's do it now. <laughs> so obviously that comment uh, is now bringing us into like the next chapter that we're going to cover today, which is Q107. And um, there's also a comment here that said, you destroyed my favorite morning show. They blame the woman. This is what happens instead of looking at the company and the culture that they encourage. Here's an interesting one comment that came in. It's from Lenny Smith. It says, this sucks. Hope you and the team are back online soon. A crime wasn't committed. It was the company's responsibility to address all these complaints. Maybe the host would have changed at the time, but we'll never know. What went through your mind when you saw that one? A couple of things, but in a way, it does suck. You know, this was her morning show. So, of course, people are upset. It was my morning show at one time when I wasn't on the show. So I get people don't want their routines changed and they just want to go to work and listen to their favorite morning show in the car. But really, it was the company's responsibility and things could have been different if they addressed it from the very beginning. Okay, so where we left off uh, last episode, we're going to dive back in now. You had just said the words, well, this Q107 job, it felt like it was meant to be. They were looking for a Seinfeld character and I said, I'm your Elaine. So I emailed immediately without even thinking and said, you need to hire me. And then nobody responded. (laughs) 
<laughs> I felt I was spontaneous. Uh, I had taken improv and I knew I would be a good fit. So how can I approach this? I wrote another email that was extremely professional and gave them examples of what I had done, which is probably what I was supposed to do from the very beginning. And then they basically said, don't call us, we'll call you. And then they finally called in January and gave me an audition. And I didn't realize that many other women had auditioned for that role. I didn't even get an audition, but okay. I applied. Part of me when I was watching your video, yeah, I was like, imagine under some circumstance, I got that job. At that time, I was like, I was working full-time in London with Chorus. Yes. And the job posting went up and I was trying to get out of, of London. Yeah. You know, I wanted my next step mm -hmm. and I had been moonlighting on the edge. Like, you know, I was doing afternoons in London, driving to Toronto, doing Saturday and Sunday shifts, driving back. And I had done a few shifts on cue. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know, maybe I have an in, maybe I have an in, right? And to think if I, in some way, got that job, what would have probably happened to me too? It would have. And I just want to say that I think you would have been amazing. And I wish you got the job. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> well, thank you for pumping my tires. But I mean, the truth of the matter is they were looking for someone who could have a conversation with, you know, the main host there. And I, we don't have a lot in common, even generationally. So I completely understand the direction that they went in. But talk to me about getting that job. How did that go? Uh, it was amazing. I really liked them. So I liked them on the radio. So getting the job, like even doing the audition, it was like so smooth. It was like we'd been together forever. But on another note, before I started the job, there was a lot of how do you handle conflict? Do you go above people's heads? I was told that the woman before me did that and they didn't want to have these problems. They wanted to make sure I could handle conflict on my own. Meanwhile, they knew the situation that they were putting me into. They wanted to assure that I wasn't going to come to them and I was just going to take it. For anyone who believes that they didn't know, right there, you just heard it. Oh, 100%. Right? Four women before me, one has post-traumatic stress disorder until this day. All of them yeah. are so affected by what happened in that room. And all of them said something. All of them spoke up. The main reason why I didn't at the beginning. And people were phoning me, coming up to me in the hallway saying, are you okay? What's going on? We know what goes on in that room. And, and no you're new at this point when your people are saying that to you. Yeah. And they have bets on me. Ugh. They had bets on how long I was going to last. And the highest was six months. So I was terrified. So I'm coming home saying to my husband, I don't see it. And then it happened. A blowout happened. It was completely unprofessional. It was out of hand. The screaming, the belittling. The shutting out. The shutting out was worse than anything. The like shutting when you out were like, ignored. Completely ignored. That is the worst form of mental abuse you can ever imagine. And, and you know what? The worst part is they should never have put me in the room. They mm. really should have, or warned me and said, this is what you're getting into. Instead of blaming the other woman, instead of we had problems with her because she complained. Of course, it's the woman's problem. Maybe this woman will work out. And people will say, why did you speak up? Because they were going to put another woman in the room. Mm. And I wasn't going to let that happen. Oh. I couldn't live with myself if another woman came in the room. I just couldn't. Fortunately, I had the social media to say something. And I did it that way because I knew it was the only way that they were going to listen and make, and make a change. And, and it was the only way that was going to make a difference. But these other women, the guilt that they felt, you know, like what could they have done? Companies almost make it impossible for you to do anything. But the question is, 
Why? Why are we protecting at the cost of? But like, if you feel that an employee, you know, and this is, you know, the sympathetic me and, you know, the understanding me, I've never tried to go in and get somebody fired. I've never said, you need to fire that man. But why, if you feel this employee is valuable, something's going on. Why didn't you make it a good environment, a good situation for Maybe everyone? Maybe you need couples counseling in this case, but in a professional way. And right? that's what I said. Why don't you bring us in? Why don't we have talks? Why don't we, like I gave so many suggestions. Why don't we have a supervisor? Because if another woman was in the room, he would treat me better. And if you listen to the other women who've been very vocal about it, they will tell you the situation. They're all the same. We all went through the exact same experience. Nothing had changed. So shame on the company for not taking action and actually, you know, having it end in this sort of a way. That's not nice for anybody. They have a responsibility as a company. And the CEO knew everything and did nothing to protect the women. This is a, a CEO who would walk into the studio and everybody's vaping. We were in a glass room. I don't know if you know the building, but there's yeah, yeah. glass on either side. So you can see all the vaping that's going on. And a lot of people said, oh, big deal. They were vaping. You actually had health concerns from it. I had health concerns. So being old school, like I am, I went in, I was like, oh, that's weird. They're vaping. Would I have said anything? If it didn't affect my lungs, I probably would have just put up with it, which is ridiculous because it can cause cancer, especially if there's nicotine in that vape. And I developed the chronic cough. I couldn't breathe in the room. I don't know what's in there, but apparently people do have really bad reactions to this. There's not even enough research out there yet. It's a newer thing. And it's against the law. So you have us in a glass room. Don't tell me you didn't know that it was going on because you walk by it every single day. Everybody, people would come up to me and say, are they allowed to vape? I go, I don't know. They, not just one person too. So there's a heavy concentration. There's a heavy concentration of it. And it was hard to be in that room. And it was hard to complain because when you complained, you don't want to. You don't want to be that person. You want to be the perfect employee who can put up I with didn't anything. Want to complain. I know nobody does. Did you feel supported following the few channels that you did before you never had to do it your way? Never. It's Sarah Burke here, the host of the Women in Media podcast and the founder of the Women in Media Network. Yep, now there's an entire network. I've been working really hard to get things off the ground. And what would I do without coffee? I can barely function without it. But I feel much better about putting a coffee that's full of superfoods in my body. I've been loving the Focus Fuel Instant Mushroom Coffee from Organic Traditions. And of course, all the ingredients are organic. It's packed with lion's mane mushroom to support memory, focus, and cognitive function, adaptogens to nourish your brain, and MCT powder to boost your energy and improve mental clarity. And before you make that face, no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like coffee. Actually better than most. There are hints of cinnamon and vanilla, and it is absolutely delicious. Did I mention it also just won Best New Mushroom Enhanced Beverage in a 2024 Brand Spark survey? Want to try the Focus Fuel Mushroom Coffee yourself? Head to organictraditions.com and use the promo code WOMENINMEDIA20 for 20% off at checkout. And by the way, that applies for the entire site, not just the coffee. You're welcome. Just add water and get at it. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are. A few years after we left our previous jobs, we've been busy. 
We have a podcast. I know you're thinking who doesn't, but ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors, activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn, Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. How can we, Mm -hmm. like industry-wide question, make that process when something's not right actually feel supportive for someone going through it? Because I've gone through it too. And let me tell you, HR is a joke. So I did a conference with a bunch of HR professionals, which was amazing. They were lovely and they just wanted some help on how they can really connect with employees and have a better relationship. And I said, you're never going to because they, everybody looks at HR, they work for the company and they talked about the surveys. They go, nobody believes in those surveys. You say that you're An not anonymous, the, survey. anonymous survey. We all think <laughs> that you're lying, that you're, it's not anonymous. So we're not telling you the truth. Well, in those surveys, I, and Oh my God, the company did so many of them. It was like next week, it's another survey. It's to protect them. So if you do say, I had a problem with this company, they'll go, well, not according to your survey. The anonymous one. The anonymous one. And (laughs) then if you do complain in the survey, they'll just get rid of you. Companies need good HR stories and employees need to know that HR is there to support them. If you fire a woman and she's pregnant, that's not a good HR story. No. And we know who I'm talking about. That's not good for anybody. It's not yeah. good for morale. Every woman in the company is like, we're not safe if you can fire a pregnant woman. Isn't this so sad that I'm like, which one? Because there's, there's, there's others. So, there's so or on many. their mat leaf. There's so many. Yeah. There's so many. Don't fire your pregnant women and support them. The one who started that company is a woman. So don't put up with this. You mm-hmm. have the power at the end of our lives. Do we not want to just look back and go, oh, I did it right. You know, these are all the things I did. Do you not want to do good things for women? Or is it all about the money? I don't know. Just be good people. And I know we talked before about, you know, how we can make HR better. To me, the only way you can make our HR better is to make it an outside company. Like I get having HR in charge of things like, you know, payroll and benefits and that kind of stuff. But you're right. There's something about an external, like a trust. Many women, although... It's been painted a different way. Mm -hmm. Many women are willing to take feedback, just like you did in your first job with Munch Music. Right. They can take it. If you want to tell me my ratings suck and there's a reason that you're going to make a change for the show, look me in the face and tell me that and I will understand. Yes. But the way that so many things have gone with you, with me, you have to help me understand why in a non-sketchy way. Okay, so now we're we're sort of back into the last couple years and... You know, you still took on another position within that company. How did that happen? I started going to my boss. So I spoke up and I said, I need help. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I'm sorry. They would respect you more if you handled it on your own. And I had nowhere to turn to. So it wasn't like the other two men in the room, you know, when the co-host went home and they didn't come up and say, are you okay? Is everything... You know, it wasn't like... Even as like how much time you're spending together, you would think just as colleagues, you'd be like, hey, you okay? You would think that, but it was definitely them as a group and me on my own. Now, some people say they were being controlled and that could very well be so. 
But still, you have to live with yourself at the end of the day. And if you're a host on the show, for 20 years, you have watched now five women get treated this way. At what point do you say, I can't witness it anymore? It's almost like he had become immune to it. And it's like, oh, here's another one. He completely wore blinders. And that's the only way that I can explain it. And the women before me had the same experience. Mm. And you're expected to perform when you're in that room too. And I also want to say, you know, people say, why don't you just leave? Okay, I'm a woman in my 50s now. And (laughs) you think I'm going to get, where am I going to get another job? Where am I working? And Mm -hmm. this is, why doesn't the woman leave? So nothing came out of speaking with management. Nothing came out of HR. Two managers, three vice presidents, and the CEO of the company. All men, and they all knew what was going on. Okay, so all of this is going nowhere, but again, this company is going to find another place for you. Right. Okay, so how do you end up on that side of things? So I have a heart-to-heart with my new boss, who's a woman. Mm -hmm. So you think that women are going to be supportive. But it's very hard for women to be supportive in a company filled with men in a man's world, because if they don't do what they're told, they could potentially lose their job as well. And I've always said, it's not that they don't, in another world, they wouldn't want to help you, but how are they going to when they have somebody above them saying, sorry, that's, you know, you handle that. They're telling that person, they're telling me to handle it. They have somebody else telling them to handle it. So I had a breakdown in front of her hoping as a woman, she might understand and help. But again, I am told to handle it on my own and that they would respect me more if I did. So I then made the decision to finally go to the executive vice president. And he's going to do something about it. He assures me that it's okay, that he's going to handle it. He's promised me. Okay. And I believe him. And he's not going to put up with this anymore. He said that this has been going on for years and this is going to stop right now. So I'm thinking this man's my savior. This kills me because. Yeah. You've had the same thing. Another executive team member say Mm -hmm. to me, this has been going on for years. Yes. That's the part that kills me. And that's probably why your video made me cry. Yeah. Because it's the enabling. Continue though. So a couple of weeks go by and the executive vice president wants to meet with me again. And he said to me that they were going to make me the host of the morning show. The first part of that morning show, um, there was a six to nine and then there was a nine to 10 and I was going to be the first part. So I said to him, I said, what is the change of heart? I said, I've already been told by the vice president that I am not serious news enough to work on this show. And he said, no, no, everything's great. We think that we want to bring more lifestyle into the show. We think you're the perfect person. You've got social media presence. We think that you're going to really change things for this show. I said, I know you're going to move me to fire me. I said, please don't do this. I said, I don't want to work for a man who doesn't have any respect for what I bring to the table. So here he is leaning over the table. I'm going to do this to you. Okay. Grabbing my hands. Oh my God. His face is right in my face. And he said, if you don't move, there will be a problem. Okay, so now there's a threat. And now there's a threat. Like, what is this? You know, so... And you've done nothing wrong. I spoke up. This is why women don't speak. This is why women don't speak up. Do you know how much I beat myself up? Not for what I went through, but because I spoke up. And I moved. I moved to a position where it was very clear that they were biding their time. And it was very obvious that the VP of news was not happy about this 
at all. Again, I'm not his choice and nobody in power wants to be told who they have to hire. They want to make the decision themselves and I wasn't his decision. And he didn't hold back letting me know exactly how he felt. When did that come to an end and how did that end? Uh, I felt it all the way through. So don't forget, I was there for just over a year. I knew that I, I was going to have a problem when the year was up. And I am still fighting for my life, thinking maybe I can turn it around. Maybe I can change their opinion on me. And they'll see how hard that I work. Again, they'll see how hard that I work. That's not the first time you've said that in this interview. It's funny, hey? Right. And you'll find a lot of women will say that. Um, I said it. Yeah. We've all, we've all been there. And the thing was, the plan was already being put into action. There was no deferring from that plan. There was no changing their minds. They were going to fire me in a year. It was quite apparent. And listen, I could tell you so many stories, but sort of pick myself up like we do, brush myself off and said, let's go into the social media world. But you know, there comes a time where you just have to say enough is enough. And I can't, I, this it's just so wrong and companies should really look at the men and they should really be having meetings and saying you can't treat women like this you can't threaten them with their jobs you cannot comment on their age exactly. there's just so many things how do you feel now uh i still think it hurts i think it stays with you for the rest of your life i think it's hard you know but it's do you feel just, proud though i do because I have had so many women come up and say thank you. And that just means the world to me. And, and other women that are still calling me from that company asking for advice and other companies, I'm just there for them. And I'm there with support. But you know what? You've <laughs> certainly affected me with your video. And I know so many broadcasters of all different generations. And I told you this before, I recorded an episode shortly after that happened with a male who worked in your former company. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, if we want a better future for broadcasting, it's going to take men and women yes. uh, and everyone in between. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I recorded a conversation with this person um, who I will not mention the name of. The first half was like talking to, you know, someone trying to sell me something. Yeah. Okay. The second half of that conversation, I really heard remorse in his voice mm -hmm. for some of his own decisions, maybe. I heard the human. I heard this person understanding what we go through. That's mm -hmm. what I heard. And he was not comfortable with that going out. So this is my call to men in the industry right now, mm -hmm. where it's like, if you're not willing to go through a little bit of uncomfortable stuff too, hi, look what we've gone through, what we are still going through, then we'll never get better. We need all of us. So I don't know the answer. It's a big, wide question. How do we make the industry better? How do we make women feel valued in their jobs, empowered in their jobs, and that they bring something special to the table? We need more women in executive roles, and we need to support each other. So this has been a learning oh, yeah. um, adventure for me. you know. And this is what we're here to do. We're here to love. We're here to learn. And we're here to pass on lessons to the younger generation. And uh, I think that's really, truly what we're here for. So I hope I've passed on some lessons. That's literally what this podcast is. <laughs> it's community. It's like building something where people feel safe. Exactly. And looking yeah. for the next great thing. And there are so many happy moments and so many great things to look forward to. So we've been talking about, you know, um, women kind of up and coming in, in this industry. And I very much see your daughter as one of those people. I don't know if she knows it yet, but she's just such a light. And I've had the pleasure of spending a little bit of time with her. And like right away, I was like, oh my God, I love her. Um, how have you 
opened the door to her to create in this type of environment when look at what you've been through. And sometimes I kind of wonder if I, you know, what I've done, if I've affected her career because of what I did, but really I think I've only made it more positive because I think she's a strong, caring, confident woman who is a little activist, you know, she loves you know, speaking up for the underdog, supporting causes. Yeah. Um, she's really just a good person all round. And I think she, she looks at life like we should all look at life, you know, yeah. you know, she just doesn't take herself too seriously and has a lot of fun. She knows what's important. She knows that her family is important. She knows that her friends are more important than anything else. And people say, oh, Jennifer, she takes after you. I think she does in a lot of ways, but I really think she takes after my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is a good human being and they are just so similar like in the that. way they are. But I'm just really proud of her and how confident she is. And she's there for me. I always say she's the mother in this relationship. Would it be safe? to say even with you know mother daughter date and your podcast with Georgia that you know she brought some healing to the table too when you really needed her she absolutely did yeah. we she's always been there for, and like I said she's very motherly and she's so concerned about me all the time I always say she's my mother reincarnated we joke <laughs> about it but sometimes I think it's true so funny but I also want to talk about my sister and how important big sisters are and yeah. you said your younger sister takes the motherly oh, role yeah. on yeah uh, my sister's over a decade older than me and when when my mom passed away, she did take on that motherly role and still does yeah. till this day. She worries about me. I can't say enough good things about my sister. She volunteers. She takes care of um, Alzheimer and dementia patients. And she is there for every one of her friends. She is a sounding board. She gives the best advice. I don't know what I would have done through all of this without my sister. So a shout out to sisters. Love She's that. kept me grounded and... Um, she looks at life differently too. You know, she she knows what life is about. Sometimes it takes us until we're in our 50s or 60s to figure it out. But sometimes we figure it out when we're young and, and we're fortunate enough. Don't let it go past you. No. So who would you love to nominate to come on the Women in Media podcast and share Ooh. their story next? I am going to choose... Uh, Erica M. Okay, former Much Music VJ. Yes, uh, we grew up together. She was an inspiration for me when I was uh, at Much Music. I always looked at her like, wow, she's got the coolest job. Yeah. So confident and sure of herself. Um, but I'm sure she has many, many stories and sort of paved the way for so many other creators on social media. She was the one that started it all. When she started her website, Yummy Mummy, and we all looked and went, what is she doing? She's ahead of her time, always, always one step ahead. And now she has the documentary. She continues to create amazing content and she's a businesswoman. She's a businesswoman. And I've always, you know, admired that, admired that for sure. And Priya Sam, Okay. Somebody who I bonded with um, because I felt that we were very much the same, you know, like she's somebody who um, always looks at silver linings, you know, and that's something that I do. I always want to say what positive thing came out of this. And that's, that's what she basically did. And just kind of looked at the industry and said, what am I doing? How is this feeding my soul? Mm -hmm. And decided to just break free and start something on her own and do her own podcast and her own thing. And she's, if you follow her on social, she's just so full of light and energy. So I would love to see you interview those two women. Oh, can I nominate one more? Yes, one more. absolutely. <laughs> Jamie Pandit. 
Uh, you can follow her at just Jamie P on Instagram. She is a trans creator who is making a difference, sharing her story and changing the world. I had the opportunity to spend some time with her and her husband, Phil, in Edmonton. And I think that you two would have an amazing conversation. And I love her story. I follow her too. And did I not see you walking the red carpet at the Junos with her? Was I? Yes. 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 We went to the Junos together and we had a blast. I love her and uh, you're going to love her too. Everyone's going to love her. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Everything with me today. I know how hard it was for you to even agree to come on my podcast and I'm so grateful. Yeah. And I just said everything. (laughs) Do, Do you feel relieved? I hope you feel relieved. I do. Thank you for asking me. This was a hard thing for me to do because I've been asked many times to do podcasts and turn them down because, you know, again, it's part of our generation where we don't want to talk about it. We want to make it seem like our life is perfect. But I think social media has taught us that life isn't perfect. And I want to talk about the things that people can't talk about. Yes. Thank you. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but we've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's us luck? This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.